Grace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the sermon this Christmas morning is the Gospel reading, John chapter 1. I read to you again just verse 14. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we hear your word to us today, you would fill us with the joy of the word made flesh. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the beginning was the word. I wonder if you've ever thought very much about the word, word. Most simply, my dictionary says that a word is a sound expressing meaning independently and forming one of the basic elements of speech. True enough. But what about when we say, he has sent word that he had arrived safely? What about when we say, take my word for it? What about when someone isn't performing and you are given the task of having a word with them? What about when the husband and wife are going to have words when they get home? There's all sorts of ways we use this word, word. Do you take someone at their word? What about if he's a man of his word? Among the many names and titles given to our Lord Jesus in the Bible, one of the most mysterious, to me at least, is that Jesus is the Word. In Greek, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. This is what we're given to think about today. So what's it all about? What's it got to do with Christmas? Let's look at it with three simple points today. First, Jesus as the Word. Second, Jesus as the Word made flesh. And third, Jesus as the Word full of grace and truth. First is simply Jesus as the Word, the Logos. Let's start at a human level. Have you considered how it is that generally you get to know people? Basically, it's through their words, I would suggest. You can look at someone and make all sorts of guesses about who they are and what they're like based on their appearance. You can talk to their family and friends and learn plenty of information about them. But to really know a person, you talk to them. And more importantly, you listen to them. We know people through their words. Just imagine a first date where nobody spoke a word. Just imagine a job interview where a person refused to say a word. We get to know people through their words and this is at least one simple part of what we are to meditate on when Jesus is described as the Word. Do you want to know God? You know Him too through 
His Word, Jesus. Now what sits behind all of this is that we have a God who speaks. We learn this on the very first page of the Bible, don't we? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and God said and God spoke and it came to be. By the way, St. John seems to be echoing this when he says today, in the beginning. Here's the new creation. We have a God who speaks. The Christian God is not an abstract, impersonal force out there in the universe. Your God is personal. He speaks and therefore He is a God who wants to reveal Himself, who wants to be known. Just as you get to know a person through their words, so you get to know God through Jesus, the Word of God. If you want to know what God wants to say to you, what He wants to express to you, how He feels towards you, you look to Jesus and you look only to Jesus, the Word. And not just to His teaching. He's not only another prophet who brings the words of God, although he does that, but he is the word of God in person. His whole self, his whole life, he is the self-expression of God to you. This is simply Jesus as the word. But then we move on to that wonderful Christmas verse. The word made flesh. The wonderful thing about Christmas is that our personal speaking God did not send us a message in a bottle. But in Jesus, He's come to speak to us in person. The Word became flesh and lived among us. We live in a day where there's more ways to communicate than ever before. If you want to get in touch with someone, particularly a young person, there's all sorts of ways you can do it, isn't there? You could still write a letter if you can afford the postage. You can call them on the phone. You can Skype or FaceTime them. You can email or text them. You can private message them on Facebook or a tweet. You can use Instagram or LinkedIn or Snapchat or WhatsApp. And if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Blessed are you. (laughs) You can communicate in all of these ways and many more. Or you could go and see someone and you could sit down and talk face to face in the flesh, there's a novel idea. And isn't it true? Even in our day, perhaps especially in our day, that there is no substitute for being with someone in the flesh. This is what Christmas is about. This is what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. The Word became flesh and lived among us. This is this wonderful mystery of the Christian faith that we call the incarnation. 
God enfleshing himself into our world. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell Jesus our Emmanuel. Just ponder this great mystery today. That the one through whom all things were created enters his own creation. The one who has existed from all eternity enters into time. The author of the story writes himself in as a character. Our text is especially interested in that one about creation. The last time that I heard from the scientists about the size of the universe, I read that they estimate it is 10 billion light years in diameter. I have to think about that a bit just to get my head around it. As fast as light goes, travelling for 10 billion years from one side to the other. Now, St. John tells us that every atom and molecule in that universe came into being through Jesus the Word. And as such, He is present everywhere in it. And this God becomes an embryo in the womb of the Virgin Mary, a baby in Bethlehem. He's laid in a manger. The Word becomes flesh and lives among us. Now you can spend your entire life pondering what this mystery means for us, but I mentioned just one thing today. That God became flesh in Jesus Christ means that He has entered the entire breadth and depth of your human experience in the flesh, in all of its pain, in all of its suffering, in all of its temptation, he has entered into it yet without sin. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. The Word became flesh and lived among us. Finally then, the Word full of grace and truth. It's one thing for the Word to be made flesh. It's another thing as to what sort of Word this is. Because as much as we long for words to become flesh, even in human relationships, that experience can go both ways. Let's say you get a notice in the mail. You open it and you read the words and this is about you being way behind in your rent and it's telling you the landlord will be there in a week's time to turn off the power and evict you. Here's this letter. Would you like those words to become flesh? No, you don't. 
Jesus as the Word means he is how you get to know God. Jesus as the Word made flesh means God has come near to you. But what sort of Word is this? What's in it or what's in him? Because left on our own, aren't we infinitely behind in our rent to our heavenly landlord? Isn't the debt of our sin against God so great that we could rightly fear his coming in the flesh? Indeed. And even as we hear St. John speak of seeing his glory, aren't we reminded of Moses who asked to see the glory of God but was told, you can't. I'll make my goodness pass before you, but no one can see my face and live. For we who are sinful and unholy, as every single one of us are, to behold the glory of God could indeed be a fearful and a dangerous thing. But dear friends, Christmas is good news. Because this Word made flesh is full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace. Jesus Christ is a never-ending wellspring of grace and love and mercy from God that He comes to reveal to you. He does not come to condemn but to save. He does not come to evict but to welcome home. He does not come to drive away, but to draw you near. And he can do this. Because this one who is the Word made flesh is also the one who says that his flesh is that which he will give for the life of the world. Because you see, to be made flesh means to become vulnerable. It means to become killable. Jesus, the Word made flesh, is full of grace because He goes to the cross to offer up His flesh and blood. He takes the sins of the world on His shoulders and the just judgment of God on Himself so that for you, dear people of God, there is a fullness of grace. And He's also full of truth. Don't miss that, full of truth, which means very simply that you can trust him. He tells the truth, this word made flesh is a man of his word. For some people caught up in chaotic and dark places in life, the claims of the Christian faith, the claims of Jesus can sound simply too good to be true. Grace even for me. Yes, even for you, especially for you. He never lies. He is full of truth so you can trust Him. And I appeal to you this day to trust this Word made flesh. So dear friends in Christ, as you celebrate Christmas, I hope you enjoy time with loved ones 
and that you are blessed with good conversation, where through the mysterious power of words you enter more deeply into knowing those you love. But even more, I pray that this Christmas you would know more deeply your God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, who has made himself known in his word, the word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the word made flesh, also said one more thing to be aware of today. He said, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day so that you do not have to travel back to Bethlehem to encounter this God. He comes to you here in the bread and the wine, in the body and the blood of Jesus. Here is your stable, here is your manger, the Word made flesh, full of grace and truth for you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.